You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red and welcome to another World Cup special as we catch up with uh, Reds fans, former players and coaches to carry us through the World Cup. I'm delighted to be joined today by Simon Bristow of Reds fan, who you may know as our glorious banners on Twitter. Simon, good morning. How are you? Morning, Matt. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Good, 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 good. Thanks for joining me. The reason you're here is you've got the most popular book since, I don't know, the Bible by the sound of it, in the the photo kind of analogue you've written covering uh, last season. Tell us a bit about it. Tell us a bit about yourself as well, for people who don't know you. Uh, Yeah, so, um, yeah, I've been a a Forest fan for 30 plus years now. Um, Grew up in Southwell and um, I, at the time, this is kind of mid-80s, late-80s, um, I was being influenced by my dad, who's an Arsenal fan, and my mates who were Forest fans. And uh, yeah, at the time, Arsenal and Forest were pretty much the same club. We always kind of finished around the same place in the league and same place in the cups. And so I went with my mates um, and went against my, my dad's wishes, became a Forest fan. Uh, it had a good first couple of years, um, going to Wembley uh, to the 89 League Cup final, and Forest used to win stuff. Uh, and then it was pretty dreadful for. 25 odd years <laughs> with the odd spike um so yeah occasionally did my dad did suggest that maybe i regretted the decision um to be a forest fan but um no stayed true to them throughout and uh yeah yeah time uh, working down in london and got involved with the, the london trickies organization uh down there and then uh, had time working out in germany with adidas and managed to find two or three forest fans in the middle of bavaria out there which was great and then uh, came home and did work at the club for a little bit. Um, so I spent a, a year or so there just after the the uh, Maranakis takeover and, and then have kind of just gone back into um, what I prefer of just being a fan. Um, it's quite stressful working for your football club. I wouldn't necessarily suggest anyone ever does it. Um, it's nice being a fan and just being able to go to games and enjoy it. So, as I said, you're our glorious banners on Twitter. You kind of, you photograph... You're not like Richie Sumter who photographs the action, but you kind of photograph the, the the fans and the scene around it and try and capture the atmosphere of the day. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's fair to say, definitely. Um, I mean, I would say that I have no talent when compared to someone like Richie, who's an absolute master of, of what he does. And I think genuinely one of the best sports football photographers that there is. So we're, we're really blessed that we have Richie doing the photos of, of our games every week because it's incredible, his, his work. Um, I just I became a bit of a hobbyist. I think I, I kind of reached a point where I needed a little bit of something different on a match day. As I said, I've been following the club, working for the club, everything else over a 30 plus year period. And I just needed a little bit of a, uh, a difference from a match day um, just because it's the kind of person I am, I guess. I, I've always worked in kind of creative fields and I found it was getting a bit mundane probably linked to when we were rubbish, to be fair. Um, it just got, became a bit of a drag when you're going, you know, getting up at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning to go to Swansea or Charlton or wherever it was we were heading to. So I just wanted to do something a bit different. Um, and yeah, been kind of inspired by the kind of stuff that Soccer Bible did in particular, that their fan kind of content that they created. And then subsequently loads of other accounts on uh, Instagram in particular. There's loads of great, football fan 
kind of uh, photography accounts. And I just love the, the culture of football. Um, so, like I said, where Richie does such an amazing job, quite rightly, of the stuff that's on the pitch, and we all love that, and it's amazing because you want to see you know, players celebrating and, and the great scenes. I think there's this great culture that exists in the stands. Um, I think that football fans get a hell of a lot of bad press at times, which is very unfair. But it's this weird, like, brilliant community and the stuff that happens, like, on the way to match day, and that kind of features in the books, the, the doing shots on a bus at 9am going to Luton. Or the, you just, and then there's the stuff that's in the stands. I don't think there's anything else like it in life that compares to the celebration of a goal and the way that, I always use this phrase, but collectively we kind of just lose our heads in that moment. And... I just thought there's a there was a, an opportunity to do something um, that kind of captured all those moments and you know the, the behind the scenes stuff the the things that yeah you just tend not to see from a match day and so yeah that's that's how our glorious banners started and what I've been doing for the last four or five years I guess we've got some photos we'll go through to give people a flavour of the book I mean I assume you you did it because of last season and everything that happened. Uh, was that what prompted you to kind of take the leap into it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've never um, what thought about our glorious banners being anything like, I've never thought about selling products or anything. Like that. And people DM me and they're like, oh, I'm in this photo. Are you going to sell a print of it? And I just send them the photo because I'm just not interested in doing prints or anything like that. I've got a day job and this is just a hobby for me and something that I've enjoyed doing and it's been good for me to do it. Um, and so the after, obviously, Wembley and last season, a few people were like, you've got to do something. And I am denied about it and probably started it like six or seven times and just didn't know kind of how to put it all together um and my kind of technical expertise ends at taking a photo and then laying it out into an indesign template and i just didn't know where to start so i think i kind of put myself off it um but then as we kind of got towards the the world cup break um a couple of weeks ago i was like well actually it's not a bad time to do it. Obviously, our form had picked up on the pitch. I thought, well, people might be more receptive to it now as well. Um, found a great template that made life really, really easy and so and pieced it all together. Um, and it, it just, I felt if I ever was going to do something, then last season, because I went to 44 games, and thank you to the people that have uh, filled the gaps in the book from the games that I didn't go to, uh, I had something against Cardiff because I missed both of those games last season, although we did lose both. So that's yeah. probably a good thing. And then also Swansea. So I've got something against Wales in, in general. Sorry to Brennan Johnson and everybody. Um, uh, so, yeah, I just I, I thought this is this is be the, the one thing that I would do. Um, and then, you know, I just thought it's a, it's a good opportunity to raise some money for a couple of really good organisations as well. As I said, I've got no money, no interest in kind of any kind of personal gain out of this project because I don't feel that it, it would be right for me to do that. So all of the proceeds from the book are going to be split 50-50 between Forza Garibaldi to help fund their amazing work and displays and everything else that they do at the city ground. And then 50% to the Robin Hood Fund, which is an organisation that is raising money to then be distributed amongst charitable organisations in Nottingham that will work with those most in need in, in the city, in the county, 
during the, the winter and cost of living crisis and energy crisis, those uh, food banks and organisations that are going to help people with energy bills and everything else, it's, it's a really important job. So I, I thought the book, selling a few of them, would, would help to raise a little bit of money. Um, it's kind of escalated a little bit <laughs> after the, the first uh, print run sold out in 54 minutes and now trying to get a second print run on sale. Um, but uh, it's great that you know so many people want to buy it and uh, uh, but the, the knock-on impact of that is that they're going to help raise money for two great organisations. Uh, let's have a look at some of the photos then so people who haven't heard about it can get uh, a bit of a flavour of what it is. I'll put them up on the screen and you can talk us through them if you remember what game they are. I mean, this is a great shot. Do you know what game this is? <laughs> well, it might not be too surprising that that's, the, the, that's just after the final penalty of the Sheffield United second leg. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, this is, I think this is a great example of, uh, like, my photos are very often out of focus, a bit blurry, um, because I am in the middle of the limbs. And as I said, I'm not um, a, a professional. Um, so this one is a little bit out of focus, blurry. But in a way, I've always felt that, that that's kind of needed. It helps to capture the moment. Um, and this one is, is just, as a few people have said to me, like, this just sums up everything from that moment. It's got the elation. It's got the, oh, my God, what have we just happened? Uh, what's just happened? It's got the tears. It's got, it's just got everything. It was just the most incredible night. And that moment um, when, you know, the, the penalty was was missed and we were through to Wembley, um, just unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, I think it's... it's it's difficult not to include that one in in my like top five from the season. You don't want it to be focused though, do you? Because everything about that moment was so frantic. It felt yeah. like uh, everything did feel out of control for a second. Even in the press box, you're not supposed to get emotional, but it was yeah, hard. Exactly. Yeah, and and I, I people that stand near me know that I, I'm I'm not when we score. I'm not thinking like photos straight away. I I still go through this with everybody. I'm you know very passionate in my support and so I, I get involved in the celebration and then kind of a couple of seconds in my head thinks all oh, right just like start snapping see what I get um but but yeah and they're often even more blurry than this but yeah this one's just just brilliant you can see all of what it meant to everybody in that moment I remember after that game we did the podcast and Greg said it was the best moment he'd ever experienced at the city ground I guess it was the same for you was it oh without a doubt I, I actually I think in the in the, the course of time we'll probably look back at that night and have more fond memories than Wembley in a way because the the, the I mean the match at Wembley was dreadful I know the the ending was like just unbelievable and jubilant and um there's 13 pages on it in the book um but but this game just it had everything. And again, in in the book, I've, for some of the games, I've done a, just a few words to kind of explain and give it context. And I say with this one, it just had everything. It had the history, it had the 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 heroes and the villains on the night. It had that moment in the second half when we went two one down and the entire ground stood up and started singing. And again, I always talk about that moment. It's like that was a collective moment from our fan base where we were like. We're not messing this one up. We're going to get the boys over the line if we can. Um, and it was just, yeah, it, it was an incredible night. And, uh, yeah, I think 
as I say, in time, we'll probably look back on that one as being as equally enjoyable and important as the, the day at Wembley, if not more so. Um, obviously, this is more of a visual episode. So for people who are listening, I'll post the photos on our Twitter feed. So uh, at Garibaldi Red underscore, if you are listening on iTunes, but hopefully you still get a flavour of uh, what we're talking about anyway. The next one is uh, this one. Yeah. Um, I love the look on the woman's face. Uh, I, but... yeah. I mean, this is, um, again, I, I always say I get lucky, but I guess photographers um, do, even the best do get, would say they get a little bit lucky at times. Um, so I think this was the Huddersfield FA Cup game. Mm. And we were doing the display down at the Trent end. So I sit there at Bridgeford, so I'm not usually down the Trent end, um, end of the ground. And I was just walking back round and I spotted this couple in the front row and uh, because it was perfectly framed with the Garibaldi in the background on the, the, the boarding, um, I just thought it would be a, a nice photo. And then as I took the photo, obviously he leaned in and there's just this, it just looks like a, a beautiful moment. And again, this is kind of what I was talking about, the culture of football and that, you know, people don't necessarily see all this kind of stuff and how much the, the you know, going to the games and supporting Forest means to people. But I just thought that, this this picture in this moment encapsulate that's quite nicely. What are you taking these on? It's not an iPhone, obviously. You've got a professional setup, have you? No, well, I'd, I'd hasten to add it's not professional in case any <laughs> of the yeah, stewards or clubs around the country uh, tried to stop me, which has happened on a couple of occasions. Um, so I, I I have a, a digital camera um, and then I um, occasionally use a film camera as well um, because film... Is very trendy and cool and so i want to try and be trendy and cool um but it does it does get you some really nice photos at times um it's a lot more difficult to do the goal celebration stuff and also a lot more difficult to do anything at night um so yeah i, I have a a decent ish camera um but i believe it's within the, the rules and regulations that some clubs say do exist around what you can take into the ground so if that one captures the kind of beauty and emotion of football in one way, I guess this one does in a, a different way on, on the yeah. bus doing shots at like, I think you said 9am or something. Yeah. So this was, yeah, to going to Luton away, which I think was lunchtime kickoff, wasn't it? So it must've mm. been eight, nine o'clock in the morning. Um, and again, this is, I, I talk about this one in the book and say, this is exactly what I wanted our glorious to, banners to be about. And it's that kind of fan culture the behind the scenes stuff, the stuff that unless you are a football fan, unless you're part of our weird little group that goes to games every week, uh, whatever club you support around the country, you don't understand this and why this is kind of acceptable or something that we enjoy and celebrate because to the average person who's not a football fan, they look at this and think, what on earth is these this lot doing at 9am doing shots on a bus to Luton? Um, but it's just it's football, right? And it's it's who we are, and it's it's what we love and enjoy. And so this is you know this kind of the day out around the game, and you know certainly we had a fair few years where the ninety minutes was the least enjoyable bit of the day, and mm. a couple of hours before or after were you know meeting up with friends and people that you only see at, at football matches and, and having a good day out was was the best part. So you know last season we managed to blend both good football and, and good days out. Uh, I guess we blended those two things mostly because of one man. Um, you can see Steve Cooper in the background there. 
Talks us about the yeah. photo and talks us about Cooper. Uh, yeah, so this is a, a done on the film camera, um, and it's probably one of I, 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 I've talked a couple of times about being lucky, um, and with film you have to be even more lucky because most of them come out just a, a blurry, dark mess. Um, but, but this one was perfect in that. I'm uh, not sure which game it was, um, but clearly, you know, end of the match, we've won. Um, Cooper fist bumps. Uh, just managed to, yeah, he's, he's come out in between the, the crowd who are giving it back to him. Um, and, yeah, and Greg, who obviously does the podcast on a, a regular basis, um, he loves this photo and always says that this will stay the test of time. Like in 20 years' time, people might see this photo and, you, and you'll know what season it was and you'll know who's doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be looking back on an even greater success of, of Cooper's reign as, as manager at Forest. So yeah, I, I love this photo, um, pro- probably more so because it was taking on film. Um, and then I guess yeah, Cooper impact, without him, um, we wouldn't have had last season. We, you know, again, I, I took, it, it's weird. Um, I say it in the book that the start of last season was a. It was strange because it was the first. You know, the Coventry game was the first game we were allowed back to after COVID restrictions. So it's it's weird that the start of last season was that. It feels like an eternity ago, but also like we were bottom of the league. And I think when Cooper took over, we were happy just to you know, get to mid-table, and we were all a little bit worried about getting relegated. And so it genuinely is like a second miracle on the banks of the Trent, to to use that analogy, like what he achieved and what he did for us as a, as a fan base. But I also think more importantly, he it's not just that he gave us a successful football team. He completely transformed the club and, uh, you know, to a point as well, the, the city, like how brilliant was it towards... You know, the end of the season and, and the, those big FA Cup games where the city just like was going bonkers for Forest, and you know then the promotion to the Premier League and the scenes in Market Square, like the city hasn't seen stuff like that for years, decades. So I think his impact is absolutely huge, both in terms of what he was doing for us on the pitch, but then the wider context around the city and and just yeah, love him like. Delighted he's got a new contract. Delighted the last few weeks have gone so well and we've started to see an upturn in, in form and performances and long may that continue and long may he continue as manager as well. And just one more to show people who are watching and listening. Uh, I love this one. Where's yeah. that? That is Peterborough away. Uh, okay. Um, so obviously, yeah, um, and that was just after the goal. Um, another game that we won. Um, just to, again, going back to the point around culture in football, like great pre-match, like everyone got there really early. I think everyone went on the train because it was so easy and local-ish. There was this pub or bar that was on a, a boat. It had a massive marquee area outside and it just felt like every Forest fan, and there was like 4,000 of us that day, uh, made their way to this marquee. And so for like two hours before kickoff, Everyone was under this like marquee thing, singing. The sound was amazing, so it just built up the atmosphere really brilliantly. And then it, I, again, I reference it that it, it it was one of those days where you know you're going to win before kickoff, and we we duly did because we were on fire at that point, and just everything felt like it was it was going to be a win. 
And then, yeah, this, this photo is great because you just got the, you keep looking at it. And again, people have said to me, like, you, you see something different every time. And you've got all these various like hugs going on in different places. And again, it just captures what it's like in the stands and, and what I was saying at the start about you just don't see this kind of stuff because people aren't usually taking photos of it. You're taking photos of Sam Surridge, I think it was, who scored on the day. Um, and quite rightly so. But it's nice to see this stuff. And I get so many people message me and say, like, oh, thank you got me this weekend. Like, thanks so much. I don't, I don't, I don't get to see what it's like to celebrate a goal. Um, or what you know, I look like celebrating a goal, and um, so yeah, it's just just great. I just yeah, love the you don't like I said at the start as well. Like you don't see this anywhere else in life. Like you don't get you know, albeit mates or random strangers just hugging themselves and having that like beautifully emotional moment. Even if you go to gigs or festivals, it's not the same. You don't get this kind of reaction. So just yeah, never a nice one that sums it up nicely. I think. How did you find Premier League away days? Does it feel a bit so much bigger? Does it feel a bit more sanitised or has it still got a different kind of magic? How do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's difficult to say at the moment because I think we're still just enjoying Premier League away days. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that, that trip to Newcastle on the opening day was up there with one of my best ever away days um, because it was you know, gloriously sunny, summer's day. Um, it was our first day back. I've made the point a couple of times to people, but it was all mixed bars in Newcastle. So we were mixing with their fans and they were like, yeah, great to have you back in the Premier League. And we were talking to them. And it was just a, a great day. Um, some of them a bit more difficult, like going to Man City um, and getting thumped. But, you know, I think you see a bit of a difference at the really big clubs like Man City, is a bit more sanitised. There's not quite the atmosphere that you find bizarrely like going to clubs in the Championship. I actually thought they weren't as bad as people perhaps make out, but it wasn't great. Um, yeah, clubs like Newcastle, what it was great, like huge amount of noise. You know, Arsenal was pretty good, but it's easy when your team's winning 5-0 to get behind uh, you know, your side. But again, at the same instance, a bit... It was kind of peaks and troughs with them. They'd score a goal and they'd sing for a bit and then it would just go deathly silent. Um, I think the experience for us, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm not missing the, the standard Tuesday night trips to Blackburn or Preston or mm-hmm. it's always the Northwest clubs, isn't it, on a Tuesday night. And um, it's nice uh, just being more of a Saturday, Saturday. Um, it, yeah, it's different. It's enjoyable in a different way. Um, I think our fans have been brilliant both home and away and I guess it'd be down to hopefully you know, we stay up for many years and it's down to us to kind of keep our atmosphere going and not allow ourselves to become one of the sanitised Premier League clubs. Yeah, how much does that matter to you? I guess because Forest are developing, I've always thought about it, but they're really developing last few years that kind of Borussia Dortmund style reputation of having the great noisy fans. Is that a personal badge of honour to the guys like you that go to you know 38 games a year yeah you're gonna make greg very happy by comparing us to brushy i know i know <laughs> i did think that when i said it <laughs> um yeah I, I i think um you know it goes back to probably when you know fours are first started and the great work that those guys and, and greg you know part of that map especially as well you know they they started that when we were in the dark times 
and saying, right, well, let's try and, you know, we can't affect what's going on on the pitch or kind of the behind the scenes at the club under the previous ownership. Um, but let's try and reinvigorate our passion and enjoyment. And it, it's grown steadily. And then, you know, great football helps, right? So last season, it probably really hit a crescendo and it's carried on into this season because everyone's just loving the, the Premier League element. Um, but I, yeah, I do, I do take an element of pride of seeing the away fans commenting, having been to the city ground, like, oh my God, what an atmosphere that was. They never stopped singing. And, you know, pundits and commentators saying things like, you know, if you can if you can silence the forest crowd after 20 minutes, well, you can't because I think you've mentioned it before on the pod, like, if we go one nil down, we sing louder. Um, and it's, it's, it's weird. And I'm never one to kind of get into, oh, our fans are better than your fans and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I do think, you know, there's, there's been something pretty special the last year or so, even back to the, the Sapri season as well. I think you started to see a real kind of change in the atmosphere during that season. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to be regarded as one of the, the better atmospheres, the better places to go for a, for a match at the city ground. And then likewise, I think, you know, our away fans, despite not having too much to cheer on the road this season yet, have, have kind of kept going and, and been brilliant as well. Uh, as we said at the top, you've sold loads of the books. You've sold a thousand already. Tell people um, how they can get it and promise them they still can get it. I know as we record this, the website's crashed this morning, but tell, it's like yeah. the voting on the X Factor 20 years ago. But tell people about how they can get the book. Yeah, pe- people have been comparing it to PTK tickets, um, which is that's a much like, more current reference than I thought. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the first thousand sold in 54 minutes, which Perhaps was an underestimation on my behalf of how popular it would be, um, but amazing, um, humbling, um, incredible that people would um, want to get their hands on this so much. Um, so they're done and dusted. And what I've said is if you ordered in that first thousand, we will get it to you by Christmas because I know pe- lots of people want this as a stocking filler. Um, as of yeah, this morning, Wednesday. Um, we tried to get it back on sale and uh, amazingly, everyone's uh, so desperate to get hold of it, they've crashed the website. So we're, we're fixing that and it, hopefully it will be on sale at some point today. Um, what I'm doing now is, is not a limited edition print run. Um, the printers, Print4 Limited in Nottingham have been um, brilliant and, and helped out. And so we're going to just kind of get to a number and then print to that number. I will caveat, if that number gets too out of control, I'm going to have to start thinking about what I do because uh, this isn't an Amazon-style operation. Um, There's probably going to be a handful of us packing all of these and and getting them shipped off. Um, So, yeah, they'll be available at some point um, in the next few hours or or days at the Forza Garibaldi website. Again, um, as I mentioned, all proceeds are going 50-50 split between Forza and the Robin Hood Fund, um, which you can find at the robinhoodfund.org, I think. And I know uh, the Nottingham Post are big supporters of the campaign as well. So if you go to the Post website, you'll find more information about it as well. And um, yeah, you know, if, if you're kind enough to buy one of the books, you're going to help fund what Forza are planning for the second half of the season, hopefully. And uh, yeah, help those most in need in, in Nottingham over the winter. So uh, ForzaGaribaldi.com, as Simon says, is where you can uh, get the book. Are you enjoying the World Cup before we go? Or are you hating it from a fan point of view? Uh, uh, difficult. Uh, yeah, I, I, watched, I watched the England and the Wales games and it was all right. 
Um, I won't get too political, but I don't necessarily agree with a lot of um, the things. I uh, I did actually work on England's bid to ho host the 2018 or 2022 World Cup. So um, it feels a, a little bit painful knowing that perhaps uh, it should have been in England, even 2018, when it uh, just as bad went to Russia or this one that has gone to Qatar. So, yeah, it's not it's not enjoyable. It's not the same. Um, it's weird watching games in the middle of winter. It's weird seeing like the fan zones where BBC cut to a fan zone in Manchester. Everyone's like huddled up, freezing cold. Um, and uh, if I'm being totally honest, I'd rather be watching Forest every weekend. <laughs> yeah, I would as well. I would as well. I've watched a lot of the games. Uh, no, I haven't worked. I'm not. Don't have the games on in the background at all while I'm working. Um, the games I, I have seen. Um, I, mean, I enjoyed England well enough, but. It's, it's hard to get into it. I mean, it, the, the atmosphere in the ground yesterday, Argentina, as we record this, Argentina v Saudi Arabia was was good, but it doesn't feel like a World Cup yet. Maybe it will, and as you say, for all the obvious reasons about everything that's so wrong with it, it does take the gloss off it a bit, but hopefully England go well. Right, uh, we shall leave it there. We'll be back next Monday um, with a really good episode. I won't say who it is because I always move these episodes around. Yeah, but they, I've recorded a really, really good one. one of them, probably the best one I've done, I think. So uh, we'll put that out on Monday in the meantime. Uh, Simon, thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. Uh, do buy the book, but don't buy too many because I think Simon and Greg and the lads might have a bit of a breakdown packing it all, but it does go to a good cause, as we say. So in the meantime, uh, have a good week, everyone, and we shall see you soon.